Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming to you live from the Kaczynski Shack in Topanga, California with Damian Farenfort. My name's Chad White, and this is Surf Center, brought to you by Free Radicals. Uh, we're going to be doing this podcast probably weekly, maybe a couple times a week, maybe once a month. Depends on how busy we are. Right now, we're not that busy, so we're going to be doing heaps of these things. Um, but our goal is to be the sort of Andrew Cuomo um, to the uh, Donald Trumpian nature of the rest of the information you're getting out there. So uh, we're going to give you hard truths and try to uncover ways that we can all navigate our way through this um, virus as well as through you know what the, what the results of this whole um, industry fallout are going to be. Um, with that, I'll kick it over to Damien. Yeah, I think this, the focus is surf and the industry and we want to kind of leave this industry or each podcast with whoever's listening with maybe a piece of advice or a little insight that they can pick up and work and help them in whatever industry part of the surf industry they're working on and uh, I think it would be fair to say the last kind of six to ten years in the surf industry has been a little bit of a the similar approach to Trump towards coronavirus right where like everything's cheery and we're killing it but uh, the ship is going has been going in the wrong direction for a long time and it's time to do a u-turn so that's what we're here to call I think the Cuomo side is like okay, let's know how bad it is and then we can work backwards from there. And yeah. that's kind of our goal, right? Like how do we provide some solutions? That's my phone going off. Um, One I... solution is to turn off your, uh, yeah, your, your ringer. How do we provide <laughs> solutions versus like just saying everything is doom and gloom, right? Because we need to fix this ship and uh, it leads us to, I guess, the hard question is does the world actually need the surf industry? Yeah, I mean, I, that's and that is the really, what that's what we're facing, right? And we're, we take so much of this thing for granted and, and what we want to make sure is that we again we can try to be as supportive as we as we possibly can at, at this time um but the brand's got to meet us halfway a little bit right they got to they got to be you know providing something that people actually want and and be standing for something and, and give us all you know a reason to to invest our harder dollars into what it is that they're producing absolutely and there's no reason the industry should be struggling this way yes like I mean, the economy has been stronger than it's been in the last 20 years, the last, you know, kind of six months to a year or two. But there's more surfers than there's ever been. Participation is higher. Your local beach is packed. There's guys building $40 million wave pools or, you know, Michael Schwab's building a $200 million um, compound out in Palm Springs with wave pools, hotels, it's, nightclubs. It's going to be insane. So there's more money than there's ever been in surfing. Yet our industry is struggling more than it ever has. So, so well, I mean, that's a question, right? What, why do you think that is? What, what would be the, you know, that that's a weird delta between those two facts, right? One is the industry's in real big trouble. Two is people are spending multi, multi, multi millions of dollars on surf related. Well, I think now more than ever in the world, we're seeing uh, people gravitate towards brands that stand for something, right? Yeah. So, like, what surf has lost its way and what it stands for for a long time. We've put whether it's, you know, I don't know who's to blame for that, the WSL, the brands, whatever, but we've we've stopped standing for a specific thing and the best companies, the best people that, you know, you go look at your favorite influencers, whether they surfers or market analysts or your podcast they listen to, they stand for a specific thing. Surfers become, Dane described it the best, you know, he described the WSL's Instagram, pandering bullshit. Like, oh, they, they, uh, oh, wow. that's, and that's, but that's not just them, it's kind of surf in general. We've got like, people doing yoga on SUPs, you know, that's like what people are looking at as surf. And yeah. it's like, you know, unfortunately, like that kind of fuck you want to be a attitude that surf was built on. And now you're seeing like, you know, people, why is Supreme booming? Because Supreme have been Supreme for 
a million years, you know, since their inception for 30 years now. They haven't wavered from what their beliefs are. They can't help it that, you know, kids are flying from around the world to line up and to buy their stuff. Right. Like, not, it's not the ideal consumer, but they're the ones spending money that's allowing them to go do cooler stuff. And they're an anomaly and everyone uses them as an example. But I think Vans is another one of that. You know, why did Vans get so big? Because they'd always stuck to their kind of foundations. Yeah. And they never wavered from that. They didn't chase fast fashion like the Quicksilver's, the Quick Bong Rip, you know? Yeah. <laughs> those guys did. You know, they chased dollars and they chased, they went to the stock market. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things all those guys would do differently, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think it, it you know, it depends because I think it depends on what the, what your motivation to get into it was in the first place. And I think that's the, you know, the difference is, is that, that you know, if you take a, a Quicksilver versus a Patagonia, right? Patagonia is still, you know, there's, you could still draw a really straight line between the, between you know, Yvonne Chouinard, developing a better carabiner to, you know, to the fact that you can, you know, recycle your own fleece through their, through their processes or whatever, you know, don't buy a jacket. You don't need a new one. Just come and get yours repaired. Um, there's a, they stand for something and, and where's Quicksilver. It's like, you know, it's whatever the new campaign is for the season. It's a seasonal look and feel and it's a tagline and it's like a new graphic and it's a new team rider, but it really has lost its way. I think at least, and, and I'm not, and I think Quicksilver is maybe just like, Let's use Quicksilver as the Kleenex of the surf industry, sure. right? Like, well, what happens is like I've got a friend. He's he's actually the guy that came up with the concept for Stab in the Dark when I, when I was at Stab. And he's come up with so many incredible concepts that people have gone and ripped off. And whether we've used him at Stab or elsewhere. And he's one of my best friends. And he's he's one of the directors there. And he comes up with these most incredible concepts. And after they go through the wash of egos up top, you know, the CMO... The, SE, uh, the CEO, all these different people. Yeah. It's this washed down, saturated piece of shit idea. Yeah. So which wasn't how Surf started. Yeah. Surf started like Trailblazing, like MT and these guys. And every, even when Sean started Stussy, it was that like, fuck you, we can do it better. We shouldn't let other people. It's the same reason SEMA started back in the day because they saw other industries trying to get into Surf and like kind of take a piece of the chunk. And they were like, no, let's fucking block these guys. Yeah. You know, and that's the way it should be. Like it's, this is our industry. This is our market. But capitalism rules and we all want to get rich well but that's the thing is 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 does capitalism rule when there's no capital well that's it <laughs> yeah that's right the conundrum, right I, I mean i think at, at this point maybe it's like you know if you look back at, at, at the roots of a lot of these brands and i'm not going to name names but a lot of these brands started on like you know moving lots of uh, a whole bunch of cocaine through a whole bunch of you know different ports and of entry and and doing a lot of illegal shit and 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 not that that's right and not that that's something that anybody should aspire to but, but it's the you, same way. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So going back to that, like Michael Oblovich made a film called Sea of Darkness and it's about how the kind of industry started as a whole. And he did all these amazing interviews with these different industry heads. Yeah. And they talked about cocaine moving and how they managed to fund the company with us through the selling of marijuana and that, which is like rock star. That shit is cool. It's what made surfing so badass. And yeah. And then basically the lawyer shut it down and it like never saw the light of day and he got threatened till he, you know, and this is just hearsay, but it, he got threatened until he was too scared to release it that he'd be sued up the yin yang. Wow, that is Trumpian, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trumpian exactly. of the surf industry. But yeah, Pull Donald Trump was... will sue you. We'll take you to court. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was that was the bummer. Is yeah. That, and that's kind of we started protecting the very thing that kind of got us to where we are. It's that MT quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. And uh, quote it. He what talks, does it say? I actually don't have the exact quote, but it, it basically he says, 
when we first start something, we go and create something. We don't know. There's no parameters. We go and design a collection or come up with some creative or shoot a film in a way that we don't know any different. All of a sudden, we have some success in that. And then we start looking in the review back at how we did that and trying to protect that success. Yeah. Which there and there, you know, as you get more employees and that obviously makes it difficult and take on salaries and more responsibility, but it makes it impossible to keep moving forward because mm. you're constantly looking in the review mirror. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is the shareholders are saying, do what you did to get here. Right. That's exactly You it. got us here. Do, you know, we want a collection like you did last year because that was really successful. Do more t-shirt graphics like last year's t-shirt graphics because last year's t-shirt graphics were good. So like you said, look, you're always looking in the rearview mirror. But they don't look far enough in the rearview mirror because the real deep in the rearview mirror is, was the core and the root of what they did in the first place. The energy and the and the the sort of punk rock fuck you attitude of like what and what all action sports kind of stem from is, you know, the reason that I was a surfer in the first place, the reason I was a skater in the first place, which was before I was a surfer, was because I wasn't, I didn't fit in, right? I wasn't somebody that was like ever going to be the jock. I was never going to be like the cool football kid or the guy that was getting the cheerleader. I was always going to be like kind of the dorky, gawky kind of dude, but I was accepted in skate. I was accepted in surf. And, and that's why I got gravitated towards that. Well, so if and, it was the counterculture, your parents hated it, right? That's right. That's what made it cool. And you know, video games were like that a few years ago. And now parents have realized that kids can make millions of dollars playing them. So it's like parents are like welcoming it. And now it's kind of, well, they're going to welcome it even more now because apparently the, the video games are going to, are not only going to, going to you know, survive coronavirus, but they might actually be benefiting from coronavirus because uh, so many people are at home playing. Yeah, I think, you know, surf industry is a luxury industry. It's a commodity. That's right. It's not essential. Like, we'll always go back to our shapers. Those guys always have a job because we need boards to surf. We need fins. We need wetsuits. We need those kind of the hard goods industry. They'll they'll take a big hit from this. Yeah. But not like the clothing side of it, you know? Yeah. It's not a commodity. Like, the world doesn't need another t-shirt. The so world that, doesn't need another surf brand. The <laughs> no, world doesn't no, no, need no. all the surf brands that we have, right? Like, so, so you know, there are those that will probably survive this. Or, but... I mean, and it's funny because usually it's the case of like, if it's Darwinian, the strong survive, right? But in this case, I think it'll be the smaller, it's like us, like the two of us, it's just, we only are accountable for each other, right? We're, we have this, we have a business and essentially we hire, you know, people to work and do stuff for us and, and, and they're awesome and they're our partners, but essentially, you know, we are really tiny. If you're looking at, a, at an agency, like every time I drive past the many, I'm which like, oh the- my God, which used to be mistress, which, which by the way, mistress, man, you should have never changed your name. It was the best name of any yeah. agency ever had in the history of agencies. So, so Christian Jacobson, if you ever hear this, that was a Shame on move, you. bro. <laughs> um, anyway, so, but you're, you guys are badass. So it's cool. Um, no, nah, that was a kook move. So, but, but the fact is, is that like, you know, when the smaller brands might have a better, better potential because they don't have so much, they're not like, they're not carrying as much debt. They, you know, they probably are a little bit more nimble. They can, they can move quicker. Um, they can pivot and they can, they're probably also doing a much, much smaller numbers. Right? And healthier business, higher margin. So mm-hmm. like I think Stussy is the prime example of that you hear. I think they've probably referenced quite frequently, but they've kind of got this jellyfish effect where they, they grow to like, you know, 30 to 50 million and then they shrink the business back down to 10 million. But when they're growing, they're not bringing on more people and that they're, they're mitigating their risk. They're growing according to their orders. And then they know every 10 years, a cycle is going to happen. So they start pulling back distribution, create the scarcity model. You know, Frank Sinatra, that's his real name, who owns it. He was Sean's original partner in Susie and then bought him out. He's an incredibly smart guy. And he's got, his son has kind of grown, you know, brought it back. You've seen the surge over the last like 20 years and, or the last, sorry, 10 years. And that wasn't like 
by chance. Like that was very strategic in the way that they shrunk back down and then regrew it. So it's that combined with the scarcity model and controlling distribution. Surf went wrong because they just blew out the distribution because it came a race for the to the bottom, a race for dollars. They tried to follow fast fashion and going back to the Patagonia thing, they f- forgot what they stood for. Right. Like you go down and drive past Main Street now in Huntington and between Jack's and HSS, it looks like a swap meet. It's a flea market. It is a yeah, flea it's market. Gross. It's three three to five dollar t shirts. It's chaos. Like yeah. and that's what it's representing. So before you even go into the store to look at the new product, there's discount stuff on the side of the store. How 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 are kids meant to go in there and be like, I want that because that's cool. Right. You know, when there's some old slob from Middle America busy buying like a three dollar t shirt and putting it on two sizes too small for them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, the perfect example of where the surf brands have gone, right? This is this is a, a case of controlling your distribution. Tiger King, right? I mean, dude, the surf world is so misrepresented. Well, maybe it's accurately represented by Tiger King, right? Uh, well, I'm waiting to see where you go for, for the, with this. I mean, no, it is. I mean, dude, there's Hurley all over that joint. There's Quicksilver all oh, over yeah. that joint. There's uh, there's Oakley all over that. Like. They, I'm telling you, dude. Like they, it was almost like they knew that was going to be a huge hit, and they went and sponsored, you know, Joe Exotic or whoever the other. I got, I've only seen it I, once. So. I see that on cops all the time. Like on cops, there will <laughs> really? always be someone Quicksilver or yeah. Billabong hats. Always, <laughs> yeah. always. It's like from five seasons ago that they got at some swap meet. So I mean, dude, that is, but that's the reality. So do you deserve to exist in this in this day and age? especially after this shit exactly we're going to be holding our wallets tighter to our pockets than we ever have yeah um what are you giving us give us a reason to buy your products i mean what do you what do you think that but i mean so if if you were if you were leading so again and and quicksilver we're not really picking on you it it, it's it's that again like i said you're kind of the kleenex right you're the old you're the oldest kind of probably biggest of the brands maybe hurley i don't know and now you share your office like literally the quicks when i was at quicksilver which was my first job and kind of put me on probably part of the reason I learned a lot from a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, and I got to be included and it was the first time I saw people get laid off and realize this is how the real world works. I'm not <laughs> just a surfer that gets to do whatever I want forever and take no responsibility. No bullshit. You totally are. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, um, what, Oh, so they always had this iconic office at the front. That was the office for a million years. Travis Matthews now owns that. Right. And in the back is Quicksilver and Billabong designing, yeah. literally sharing a space. So how do you create it? I know. A point of difference. Exactly. You know, you guys designing, sharing concepts, sharing ideas, sharing um, funds. It's just... Yeah. And probably sharing research. You know, if there if there is any research. I mean, do you, do you, do you think... So actually, that, do you think that there... Is, I mean, we talk about research a lot. Because we talk... You and I talk about this constantly, which is like, we really... What we really want to do for brands. And this isn't the sell. I mean, well, take it as a sell if you want. It's always a sell. It's always... Yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's always a sell. I'm not You're doing this podcast right for now. free. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Taking our hard-earned time. Um, but, but, you know, is, is how, where they, where do they get, where are they getting insights from? Where do these brands get them? When you were there, what, what, how did that, did, did it ever show up in any like decks or like how, how did, how did you, how did you come across it? So I remember getting, and this is why I've always been fascinated by market research and, you know, Stab has done, when we were at Stab, we kind of used our whole ad sales strategy was based around, we used to do the survey with, I think 2000 people, US, 2000 people, Australia. And it's very, you know, refined survey, but it asks everything from like, when you go to this, you know, what will be the next pair of denim you buy? What is the next board short? Who yeah. do you care about technology versus traditional? Like it was, it was pretty focused and the brands crave that. And it was, I was always fascinated by it because at Quicksilver, I remember seeing a document that was like, 
think they had spent like 250 grand on this market research and it was like some person in middle America and like some buttfuck town in Idaho and being like, have you heard of Quicksilver? Yes or no? Like the, the stuff back was like, you, I couldn't make it up. Like you right. wouldn't believe me if I said it, it was so bad. And then they're doing like, oh no, we did this room with like 10 people. Well, what 10 people did you ask? Like what, what was the background checks on these people? Why do they, why does their opinion now have value in the terms of where you're to going to those, design your product right. and whoever's going to be reading this, you know, in that focus test, exactly. so it was a focus test. And they had like, they pulled people off the street, they gave them. And by the way, those focus tests are getting paid to do that. So you're paying some, like you said, some middle America dude, nothing wrong it's, with okay. middle America, but so we going back to that. So yes, because at stab, every time we'd say there's a free, you know, one of you guys win a Hayden shape surfboard or chili or whoever it was, they would win the board category. <laughs> like your favorite surfboard because human mentality is or our mentality is to go oh i could win something here i'm not going to talk shit on this say it. You yeah know, i hate chili surfboards or i hate hayden or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah well that's almost like the poison pill you put in it right like if you did that you're actually you're serving them up something that they're gonna that will skew the research instantly absolutely you know so so we you know i think and that now is the question because I'm, you know, I've never really talked to you about that in, in terms of your your own background at, at Quick and or at any of these brands or Stab for that matter. Two thousand people though is a pretty damn good sample size. So you should be able to get yeah. some. I mean, they, I'm sure Sam has some no, amazing research. Yeah, he's they have great research and they yeah. still use it to top, drive ad revenue. And the, you know, they Sam and Tom they let that inform their ideas and strategy that they go to the brands with. Because like, look, like you can't. In today's age, you can't be pissed off when like something's got a monster logo or some kind of logo on the front because how else is the content's expensive to make? How's people got to pay bills? You know, it's the same way. And we'll talk about this in maybe another episode or so. But like, I got people messaging me bitching that they have to pay ten dollars for uh, the new electric acid with Noah Dean. Like everyone else is giving their content for free. Like why are these guys charging? Like because it's ten bucks. It's valuable content that you can enjoy. You like Noah Dean, and you might actually keep three people employed for the next month. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so going back to the industry and that as surfers, we've become incredibly selfish. Yep. We expect deals the same way that we grind the shapers down for a deal, for the thing that brings us the most enjoyment in our life. It's exercise. Yeah, it's like enjoyment. Like you think of the difference between a good board and a bad board ruins your day, or it does for me at least, right? Like a bad surfer that I've got a good board. Like I would pay a thousand. Jordy always used to tell me, "Bro, don't be afraid to pay for boards." Like for the best boards because you make one heat and it's paid for. And that was kind of his attitude always towards competitive. So oh, when you guys, when you were competing. Yeah. When we were right. competing and it should still be that, like I just spend $2,400 on a Peloton that I'll probably use for like the next two months and then get bored. <laughs> and then I'll just, <laughs> it'll, it'll be at my house next. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know the resale is good on them, especially right now. Yeah. Cause I wanted to like, leave the house. Um, but I won't go spend like, but I'll like grind a guy for like 200 bucks on a surfboard. Oh, we all do. And Absolutely. I mean, no, I, I mean, surfboards are one of those things that, that and again, it, it, this goes back to sort of the, the, the existential question that you asked in the beginning is, should the surf industry exist? Does the world need the surf industry? But the surf industry is the reason that we are this way because they've taught us to look for discounts, you know, for ex or to expect a discount. Of, you buy wetsuits off price, you know, whatever it is, because yeah. they just... Why would you buy a wetsuit in December? Uh, Patagonia doesn't do sales, right? Because they don't make more product than they need. No. And if they do a Black Friday thing, it's genius. They donate it all to a charity. They have to do ten million dollars on a Black Friday at full price, and they get the tax write-off. So they've figured out ways to work the system and stay core and you know to their values. Yeah, it was like REI. Remember, in REI, this is way off topic or off the out of the surf industry. But remember REI several years ago, you know, on Black Friday, just to opt out. So they instead of, instead of like 
they just didn't do anything. They, they've yeah. said, you get the fuck out there and go do what, what our store represents. Go have some, it's, you know. But it's Patagonia or It's like yeah. unapologetic about staying away from it and being like, fuck you. And that yeah. was surf. And That's then, right. we, you know, we, we started banning the knee because, you know, as an industry, because we had to, because you wanted, you had shareholders. That's right. You You're a ethic. publicly traded company. Nike. You're on the New York Stock Exchange. All of a sudden you've got shareholders and you've got people that expect you to, to do what you've done and perform and, and actually grow their shares. Right. For sure. And surf got, you know, I think it's pretty clear that surf got bigger than it should have ever been in this mm. early 2000s and that kind of growth. You know, it was the fact that these guys are $2 billion companies and on the New York Stock is incredible. Yeah. Like, what, Bob and them, you can't blame them at the time. They're just, they, I mean, the things, we all have an amazing memories from Quicksilver and whether it's Kaylee Slater winning titles, uh, Tony Hawk, you know, one of the guys jumping the Great Wall, Danny Way jumping the Great Wall of China that, like, stick with us from at least my generation. And well, then for, back from that. my generation, yeah. for, I ordered a pair of, of those of those board shorts from the magazine, custom made. First pair of, of of Quicksilver board shorts. First time I ever had actual board shorts. Before then, it was like I don't even know what we were wearing. You know, we were probably some op corduroy shorts, and you know, I mean, like it was not even like a that you couldn't get those. So, I, I, you know, this is coming. This is like tough love, right? Like this is the, like I said, this is the Andrew Cuomo version. It's like. Yeah. I, Andrew Cuomo is like, I love this city, but I got to be real truthful with you guys. We're fucked. Yeah, I love right? you. You're going to die. Yeah, I love you. You're all going to, you know, a bunch of you are going to die. And, and that's, that's what's going to happen with the surf brand and, and that's surf it. stores. I yeah. mean, we can go to surf retail next, but like a ton of the retailers are going to die because they've been down for so long. The fact that, and this is the whole world and it might be a bit ignorant to say, but the, everyone, yes, is preparing for the long term right now. And what does the long tail of this look like or the other side of this look like? But the fact that two weeks can destroy your business just like that, yeah. after what's meant to have been the like the best financially economic like last three to five years and you know however well, long. Uh, yeah, they're saying best well according to according yeah. to, to to DT yeah uh, yeah we're, we're it's the best economy ever in the history of mankind yeah exactly it's, but it's yeah. propped up on nothing so yeah like, it's all it's, bullshit yeah fabricated lies or yeah. like whatever <laughs> yeah. yeah we're all the same we're all guilty of like believing what we want to right. Know, um, no different but no well i know you we're there there's a bit of a difference between you and donald trump i'm yeah. just saying yeah. um no well so what better do you think what, yes you've got way better hair for now it's falling yeah. out is it yeah Shit. It's um, a bummer. yeah uh well so i let's see so what back we... to the retail kind of like what we're talking oh, about yeah, the stores yeah. so like yeah. those stores like you've got i don't know and this is where i'm i'm torn between you need like the jacks and then they've been doing business for a long time and that but they just this the big brands have these guys on a vicious cycle, right? So there's just no opportunity. I spoke to Sean Stussy actually about this, you know, about six, eight months ago. And he was talking about like, they're never being able to be another hundred million dollar surf brand or even not just a hundred million dollar, but a $50 million brand. So like, you'll never be able to, for Dan Reynolds is doing former, let's take, use him as an example because yeah. at the end of the day, this guy's put, he's turned down millions of dollars to go start his own brand. Chorus shit ever. Right? Yeah. And then put, his own money up, you know, like yeah. he's probably close to a million in with Ando and these guys. Ando also turned down a huge deal from Quicksilver to go do this because they didn't believe in that model. So like, you know, I wouldn't have done that, but I'm not, you know, they're purists. I'm not a purist. I'll take whatever money I can get when I can get it. <laughs> That's right. I'll put a target yeah. sticker on my right. board if that was cool, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm a prostitute. But these guys turned down this money to go start their own brand and the industry didn't support them. Like, they should have well, a who's wall. the industry what do you well, mean the, the industry surf, the surf, or, or surfers didn't surfers support surfers right. yeah and i mean the industry the industry and surfers right you know well, the industry's trying to fight them because everybody in the industry is trying to yeah, say like but no, like you, know. you go to the surf store and quicksilver volcom yeah. early 
Visla. Yeah, no, no, Visla. They're the small brand trying yeah, to get right. big too. They're fighting for the same space that Former is. They can yeah. never get one of those walls because these guys have them on such a vicious like inventory cycle and debt cycle. And now we're seeing it. So this is what the whole industry is propped up on. You know, I know I spoke to one of these guys from the brands the other day. They were doing, you know, like over 10 million a month, you know, and they, and they retail overall direct on, you know, different wholesalers, all that kind of thing. Surf stores, core, non-endemic. Or who is doing 10 million a month? One of the surf brands. Oh, that's right. To. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, this month they'll do less than a million, right? And then they've got all this money so out 10%. there because everything is on these crazy um, debt cycles right. and um, consignment that now the surfers are just like close the doors because they don't have any money. They're like, oh, and they're, these guys are left scrambling trying to get, oh, you owed us two million, you owed us a million, you owed us 500 grand. And then you happen, what happens to ZJs? Yeah. They owe Billabong so much money. They've got them in this vicious cycle that Billabong now owns their store. Yeah. And that's what's going to keep happening. It, yeah. can, it can only keep happening until... These guys, these surf stores reset the rules and go, you know, these are the brands we're representing. These are the surfers trying to do it. Here's why Here's why you're going to pay full price for this wetsuit. You know, we're not going to try. It needs to do what they did with SEMA back in the day. We're not going to undercut each other. And yeah. actually, let's stick together. Let's unionize in a sense. And let's actually just like go and some people are going to take, you know, they're going to take a dive for the meantime. But in the, you know, what is 20, 30 years? Like it's the Trumpian way. Trump's right, right, like yeah. looking at the next four years, yeah, ne- next what, four minutes. Yeah, what's, what's and that's the that, that's the surf industry. Yeah, what is um oh, what's his name? Michael Rappaport. He did that one I posted on my Instagram the other day. Where he's like, <laughs> yeah. motherfucker, we're looking at the next four hours. Like, <laughs> yeah, the next four years. Like, yeah. we're gonna be looking like you know, what does it look like in ten, fifteen? How do we build surf up for the long term? Succeed, yeah. yeah, for the next generations and and and, and, and does it? And I think that's the thing is it's sort of like when I when any of us when when we go you know what do you need to surf. You need, you need a, you know, we all need a, an amazing, fantastic quiver, but you need a board, you need yep. a wetsuit. If the water's warm, you might need some trunks. I, I wear the same pair of trunks. I've had the same pair of trunks. I've had the same pair of Ruka trunks. So that, and then before that, it was Hurley trunks, right? But I, you know, I'm not, I don't need to buy new trunks. Uh, I, you know, I honestly, like, so how big, and, 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 and a bunch of these, nobody's going to be buying new trunks. I'm, I'm promise you that this summer, no one's buying anything. Next summer, maybe. But even then, it's like, you're probably, you know, we're, we're going to be in this, this is going to be bad for a while. Like yeah. this is not going to be, we're not and, coming out of this. This combined with my, my generation and lower and even the well, like Gen Z and that they're a bit more consumer savvy. And there's, I think there's a big push going towards conscious consumerism. That's so right. even more so they're going like less is more. And they're all bit more about experiences than they are about exactly. stuff. Like, and, so, so can those brands maybe transition? And I noticed Quicksilver tried to do this uh, years ago with the, with the, they did try to do the sort of travel thing, which with the, you know, when they had the Indies traders and, they might still be doing that, but they got the Waterman collection, which is like slightly elevated in these different categories. But that's a, but that's a, still apparel. Yeah, you know. So maybe the and I, I'll ask you this question because we haven't even this is the first time we've even talked about it. Like, what, you know, can, these brands have a lot of equity. They've got. A, I mean, Quicksilver is a big name. It's a brand that a lot of people know about. Like, if you ask the average Joe on the street, do you, what is Quicksilver? They go King. to Surf Brand. Tiger King could tell you. Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger yeah, Tiger King. Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic can tell you exactly what they stand for. But you would know. So, you know, maybe the maybe the, the future for these brands is to think outside of that, you know, outside of like, we need to make more t-shirts and more whatever, you know, I mean, like the, the latest, the, I think the last time I saw the industry really disrupt was like, oh my God, Stance is making socks, Stance, brand Stance comes out and they make all these socks, you know, it's about socks. Wow, it's completely, that's so, it's fucking socks. It was incredible. It was a great thing, but like, 
Well, that, that's just, that's the best our industry can do is to, is to actually like come up with a sock brand is like as the major disruption in the. In yeah, I mean, no, they they grew and built that incredibly, but now you've just seen they have to lay it off everyone. Yeah, but so, so it's got a message from a friend saying she got laid off looking for a job, but also they've like raised more money and they can't sell the company because their valuation is far lower than what they had raised at. You know? Yeah. So they're like exactly so they're stuck in the same conundrum, just like more, 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 grow, 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 versus like building something for the long run. That's right, longevity. Uh, well, and, and I think that's the, like, you know, and, and go ahead. N- none of it, back to your point, adds any value to the consumer. Right. Like I've got a um, North Face bag that I use. I'm like, I think it was 120 bucks a waterproof bag. It's in my car and I get changed in it. Like that legitimately, every time I go surf, I take it where I need to put it on my back. Like that's a piece of product that adds serious value to my life. Mm-hmm. T-shirt yeah. doesn't. Yeah. But wetsuit does. Now, yeah. wetsuit, now there's a good opportunity in wetsuits. You yeah. know, one thing I know, O'Neill... They never gone, you know, the guy Jack O'Neill invented the, or the wetsuit, right? I and mean, people will argue, but for surfers, he's the reason we are where we are today, and the incredible the wetsuits is, I think, thanks to Jack. I would like to see them play more on that heritage with Jack and kind of their past um, yeah. through their clothing and through everything. Let that kind of distribute through the brand more. But they never go and sell on their wetsuits because they know they make the best wetsuit for that price, so they don't need to. Yeah, they don't. Right, no, they don't. And their wetsuit business is insane. Yeah. Like their wetsuit business thrives. Um, you know, Quicksilver's and their approach to wetsuits is it's another category in marketing versus like, how do we make the best wetsuits? And that's why O'Neill, you know, say what you want about their clothes or whatever right. like that. You know, that's a licensing deal and it allows Geordie and these people to be sponsored because they turn over big revenue and they have incredibly cool people like Darth Tyler there that have been around, you know, been there 25 years, but they've kept the wetsuit, the family doing their own wetsuits because they run their own business over there. They don't need to worry about talking to some shareholders or anything like that. They just, I mean, they have the worst wetsuit advertising in the entire world. Of but the, wetsuits, yeah. the fact that the wetsuits can still sell so well is just straight, is proof that good product sells. Well, they do lead with product and, and that's, but but that, that is the problem is that they, they have this, you know, as a marketer as, or as brand people, that we, we look at their stuff and we just go, oh my God, like this, there's such an yeah. opportunity there with a brand like O'Neill sure. to, like it's almost, I, I remember I was talking to Garth on, um, on the way back from Japan and we did, we flew together. Right. So had a long, long, long conversation. Um, and we were talking about the fact that there's just, I was sitting there telling him, I'm like, Duma and I will, will just don't worry. Like, don't even worry about paying us. Like we just want to dig in. Like we just want to like, cause the, the brand has so much potential. Like the, the history the, more than, I mean, name a brand fucking Jeep, you know, yeah. Levi's like, you're talking a great American traditional yeah. brand, and it's like, dude, and you, and then you look at the way it's advertised. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. What are you guys and, doing? And the fact that the way it's still sell, sell, sell so well is testament to the amazing right. product that they're in, doing. It's in spite, right? Yeah, that's in 100% that, in spite and, of that. But that takes us back to like the, with the Quicksilvers and, and how they turned it to fast fashion. Yeah. And they started making products that like weren't, you didn't, there wasn't a desire, burning desire to have or need or yeah. want or like adding value to my life in any way. Yeah, no, not at all. And you know, you go into like when you walk into those like, um, it's it's really funny whenever you get, do get invited to the, to one of those brands. Like when we went over to see um, she who shall remain nameless over at Quicksilver, um, and you like walk past the meeting rooms and there's all this stuff on the walls. You know, I guarantee that like that if you walk into any brand in any one of like if okay, so I'll talk name them right. So it's Rip Curl, O'Neill, um, Volcom, Volcom, Early, Quicksilver, Hurley. Yeah, that that. 
every one of the graphics, every one of the you know seasonal stories, every, it's all the same shit. They all looked like Ruka two seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I swear. laughs> Maybe not going forward because now nah, they managed to keep separate. But yeah, they do. It looked like they look like Ruka two seasons. Well, ago. I'm sure. I'm sure Pat just goes. You guys can have this in two seasons. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, leave me alone. But, but you they, can have it in two seasons. There's a good example. There's somebody that's managed to keep his brand standing for something and somewhat on the right track and marry the, you know, the conundrum between like growing sales and keeping the brand you know, for what it stands for. Right. And he's got, you know, he's, he, I don't think he's probably owned it for probably eight, 10 years now, you know, he's, mm -hmm. he's, and he's obviously the face of it and everything, but he truly lives. And maybe that's the issue with Quicksilver and the Billabong that there's no face of it anymore. Right. It's, it's shareholders. Be, yeah. It's shareholders. And it used to be Gordon Merchant or alongside Oki, you know, I think surfers used to be the face of brands like a lot strong, you know, why did you buy those pair of Quicksilver board shorts back in the day? Yeah, because because Mark Richards. Exactly yeah. right. Like, but 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 it wasn't. It, but it was. It was Mark Richards, or, or it was or it was Rabbit, or whoever else was surfing him. But it was also like, you know, you, you had to have them because there was something. It was a scarcity thing too, and it was hard to get them. You couldn't just go to the shore. You had to order. You probably checked the mail every day waiting oh, for them to come, dude. Just every day, and yeah. it was like a splurge for you. Oh yeah, it was hundred percent. But you could get your custom. This is a, an interesting thing about that era. I mean, you can get custom vans now, but you could get custom vans. But you know, back then you'd go to the van store and you'd order your, you'd pick out your canvas and you'd order your custom vans. You'd get one, one was blue and red, and the other one's red and blue. You know, and you did yeah. that whole thing, or you bought, you you know, you ordered them with your friends and you'd swap them. But the fact is, is that like these are brands that 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 even then seemed to seem to have. I don't know what, what it is. I don't, and I, and that's a, the funny thing is I'd have to kind of look into it because I don't know if it, like maybe I just thought Mark Richards was cool, but like that, that then if that argument works, then, then John John's cool and Julian Wilson's cool yeah, and then, Carissa Moore's cool. Why didn't Hurley survive? Yeah. Why did, yeah, they had the best surf team in the world, but Ever. I, yeah. but I think, you know, the world that we live in now with the internet and influences and all this kind of thing, you're, you don't have the same kind of, back in the day you could take out a, um, a one page ad in the New York Times as a brand and like see like a huge spike in sales. Yeah. Now like it's just everything's so saturated media, everything's just like all we do is just live in Instagram where people are trying to shove things down our throat and promote. And it's really hard to attribute sales, yeah. right? To to like to any one So then how is Patinori and then managed to let Ruka still grow and he's you know, he's always used to say that Billabong was standing on his shoulders like gasping for air because Ruka was basically carrying them through these last hard times and the chapter elevens and all that kind of thing. And he's because he's the front man and there's a face and you spend five minutes with Pat and you, you wish you had to spend another hour and you crave it. You might see him another year and you crave those five minutes. I saw him in the airport coming back from Hawaii at 5 a.m. And it was like, was like, like a breath of fresh air. I, yeah, he was like half asleep. And I was yeah. like, oh. But he's managed. He truly loves surfing. He grew mm -hmm. up in OC and that, you know, he's got a high taste in contemporary arts and artists jiu-jitsu and all these other things and fashion and all that so he's managed to marry it because it's an exact representation of him he's not and all the people that work below him they have that affinity for him or know what he's like or know what knows what he's into and he kind of oversees it where he's able to go yes no this is not on par with our brand same as Yvonne Chenard does I heard he's a savage he comes in there and he's just like this no people yeah. oh, yeah. something for six eight months sorry we're not doing that yeah and you can go oh the market's saying if we do this now we're going to make 50 million or 10 million or 5 million or this is going to be a a sock that sells a million pairs, but no, this is not in line with what our true brand core values are. We're not doing it. What do you think the future is for? I mean, like again, you know, you're, nobody knows right now. But in terms of because Ruka is attached to that whole mess, 
um, does it get spun off? Do they do, do they do, do they sell it off? And does, and does Pat then keep the control of it? Because like, it feels like that's the one brand that maybe has, like you said, there there is something there, and they've innovated, right? They've taken. I will give Volcom credit for being the first brand to sort of really incorporate the artists in, into their into their company and into, into their marketing. But I think Ruka took that and like and and just really showed everybody how it's actually done. Yeah, I mean he's you know? taking like and, and you know what he's managed to do? He's managed to pull the people that suit his brand from the different categories better than anyone. Like who is a Ruka athlete in jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. in surfing, in this and that and art too. Like the way he, the way he's the, the way he's curated all these different artists. Like you've got people from from fuller's photos down you know to to like to nost and those yeah, guys to cleon peterson to yeah but even like and then you've got like the my you know the the um oh, now i'm trying to i'm losing it um uh come on you have a piece of visit ga uh, venice yeah oh and kevin and sell oh, kevin and sell yeah. yeah and sell like and sells the he's basically my was my uncle when the i was renaissance growing up. painter yeah i mean the guy is proper right and, and but you know to, he is and you can see you can see that it's not like a like a marketing thing. This is a this is a real and they're true friendships. People that's right. feel indebted to the brand. And that's yeah. when I grew up in the serve industry, that's how Falter was built along. That's right. You know, I was like I would go to war, I'd fight the kid wearing Quicksilver over it. You know, it was like you stood for one or the other. Yeah. Yes, you grow you grow out of that. Until but, you got completely fucked by that brand, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. then it was two thousand and eight, like, oh. the GFC. Yeah. Blessing in disguise. And we and we know we, 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 we I'm looking at Duma and I'm like looking straight across the table at him and I want to say the person's name so uh, badly, yeah. but I yeah. don't want to get in too much trouble. Yeah, not right um, now. I guess we're not that radical yeah. or or free we'll, for that matter. We'll say, yeah. <laughs> Still care about getting rich more than anything. Yeah, that's right. We'll take your money, so um, we don't want to piss you off. But yeah, but yeah, that's been the challenge with with I think for the brands is like mar- like a front man marrying it, standing for something, and goes back to where we started. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's but like the question is, is that you know, is if they survive, if these brands do survive it, that we we both think, and I think we would agree that 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 is that's the formula, right? The formula is almost is. We won't. I mean, to blow too much smoke up Pat's ass, but the but it is that it is kind of that you you got to stand for something. You got to also know your consumer. You know, you can't go down to HB Pier or go down to Fifty Fourth Street as a brand. You like these guys are just doing a lap. They're like, okay, we I'm Hurley. I'm gonna go drive down the beach and go. Oh yeah, there's this is exact. This is the whole world, right? The whole world is what is happening at Huntington Beach, or the whole world is what's yeah, happening at, that, at 54th and, Street. But it goes that way Dude. from design to the people that they hire. Like yeah. it's a cesspool. That, that's right. Industry like this guy goes from this brand to this brand to this brand. Yeah. Like, fuck. What what makes you think he's going to do anything different at this brand? Yeah. You know, it's not like he's some revolutionary guy that's gone like, well, he changed the trajectory of like Quicksilver or Bulbong. Let's get him over here and he can like fix us. Yeah. You know, I, I always kind of liked it how the high fashion brands do it, and there's like a board. That assigns a new creative director, right? So like, Raf Simmons will get told like, you are now going to um, Calvert Klein, and you're going to make forty eight million dollars a year or whatever. But like, you're going to go write their ship or whatever the high, you know, couture is. Right. Yeah. In that world, it's quite an interesting concept, and I think surf. You know, it's it's the challenge is hiring people from outside surf because it is such a unique industry, and surf is such a strange mentality. But it's how do you how do you find the kind of the common ground between someone that actually understands business and knows how to take scale of business and with the right morals and the right course of action versus 
someone that is too core and is like stuck in the fucking stuck in the cycle and in the bro network right exactly right yeah because that's and we're all guilty of that 100 percent. we we want to hire our friends but you know we we we've we've dabbled in that too just in our short time in business we've we've worked with people that we love but then they're not maybe the right fit and they're and and we're and we're because because we're killing our own meat and because we're living off the meat that we kill right we're not borrowing money we're not doing that we're like we're actually just earning money paying bills and doing it with doing it the right way um we have to be really clear about like okay you're perform all right you didn't perform bye well that's it in surf no one can have a real conversation no so when i was at stab we thought we i had tom and sam kind of teaching me the ways and we're doing advertising and kind of as when Transworld had phased out so there was this big opportunity to all of a sudden like take some of the revenue because they had just got uh the company that owned them yanked it and we would go for these meetings Guys be like, fuck yeah, man. Like, we're fucking doing it. We saw psych stabs in the US. That's a terrible bro accent, but yeah, that's they'd pretty be good. like, let's, let's fucking do it. Da, da, da. We'd go, I'd spend hours knocking up the brief. We'd get Shinya, the creative director, to mock up an insane deck and a bitching concept, send it over, no reply. Right. Be like, uh, I would have bet a thousand dollars that we had this, we had this pitch and we were going to do this concept or whatever it was, and nothing. And then we basically just learned after, like, we couldn't figure out. This went on for like six months that, like, no one will say no. Right. Like they won't say no because they're like afraid to like harness the relationship and like, oh, they, you know, they don't want to be the guy like think that we think they're a dick because they don't want to buy an idea that might not be right for their brand. Yeah. You know, so eventually we used to be like, guys, tell us if this is not right. What is right? Or just tell us what you're trying to do and how we can add value to that. Well, and, and so here's the, here's the thing. If, if you're working with a small brand, those yeses mean something. Yeah. Those high fives mean something, right? You, you walk out of a meeting with a brand that's pretty small. And, and ha- you know, well, they watch, you know, Scott Galloway, who's my favorite marketing analyst, and I listen to his podcasts and kind of where I get where I spill out most of the bullshit that I say, <laughs> yeah. just regurgitating <laughs> what he said. But he talks about the best brands are, jo- uh, sorry, are born during a um, recession, which is what, what we're going into right now, because they're forced to be scrappy. You go to the independent smaller brand, they've got such limited dollars. Rock is a good example of that. Right. They, whole team trip a year is a campaign that rolls out to the imagery it's nachos it's whatever you know it's got this kind of 360 yeah and it, that's and it's kind of in a funny way like if big brands just behave that way they'd win absolutely you know and and just and they could skip they could get rid of so much dead weight which which is which is coming right like there are and i'm sorry to see it like i'm so sorry when anybody loses their livelihood it is i mean i don't care if i hate you and i don't yeah. want you to lose your livelihood it's it's awful no so people like quicksilver when i was there Right the week I started, like 200 people got laid off, like crying. Like yeah. people have been with the brand 20 years. And I'm yeah. like, shit, okay, I've got to stop you. No, it's real. They have families. They've got like in, yeah, in as much shit as we want to talk in this podcast. Yeah, Quicksilver the- has put, you know, Bob Hurley said, I mean, sorry, Bob McKnight in one of the town hall meetings, you know, he talked about his proudest moments and this new guy, Andy Mooney, was coming in. And he was like, the fact that I've put like hundreds of families, kids through college or whatever, you know, like through being able to employ this many people. Yeah. So, the upside of the surf industry and going corporate and neck on the scale is yeah. that, but the downside is also that because well, they're gonna yeah. I mean, no like you said, look, look at all the moments they've given us. Look at all the content they give us. Yeah. Like we, you know, should the surf industry? Does the world need the surf industry? I need that surf content. I want to look at that. I mean, of course, I'd probably have a lot more time to make money if I didn't have it. But you know, what 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 happens? What does the world look like? And I'll ask you this: like, what? So, paint me a picture. Um, and I'm putting you on the spot pretty heavy, so sorry, but. Um, Paint me a picture of what it, what it, what the world looks like post coronavirus, post surf industry. Like, what does the post apocalyptic surf industry look like? It's just 
scaled way back it's like back to the meat and bones it's like the surfboard makers it's the guys but do they survive does do surfboard shapers make it through this well humans adapt we're all going to go find money elsewhere if you've surfed once you know it's like smoking crack you're addicted yeah. you know if, if you've got the bug right and you're a surfer yeah you're addicted you will figure out a way to make it to buy a new surfboard i'm about to pay marcio zuvi for new boards there's a shack full of surfboards <laughs> in there yeah. we don't have money i don't have money coming you know we're on you know recessions hit and i'm buying two new surfboards i'm like yeah three actually because yeah, one, one of them is yours <laughs> and then i'm paying somebody to deliver them so no no mason's gotta go get them yeah so yeah i think those guys will survive the core market you know futures fins i spoke to those guys last week they're trying to manufacture as much as they can out of their factory in in huntington beach across from quicksilver so they're trying to move it offshore onto you know back into american soil so i think it they survive but on a smaller scale it's manufacturing locally it's, but maybe that's all it needs to be yeah maybe maybe surf maybe surf doesn't need to be because again like i said about about like you know i can tell you like there's probably what how many a few million surf i wish we knew this number because it's like that what you hear from the surf league is you know i don't know if that's really true but yeah they get like six they say between six and ten million views an event right yeah so whether that's like a few people coming back i come back four times so divide call it a million two million unique views an event how many people really surf yeah i don't know so i did this transport (laughs) i did this transport business thing before they they went bust and they can't remember what it was called but like state of the nation or state of the union or whatever it was and they had these numbers and i was because i had started general admission and i was kind of like the emerging retail like not expert but kind of what's the state of this yeah it was the state of surf or whatever the state of retail and then they had hard goods um was mark price who to me is probably the, the smartest man in surfing and the way he's positioned it and he's done some crazy stuff and that's a the surfboard one is yeah. like another. You got to give him respect, right? For another podcast, yeah, yeah. yeah, and just the way that he speaks. Like, I, I let me just. I'm just gonna say it really quickly though, just because I have to. I hate that fucking. I can't <laughs> stick. I don't like walking to a surf shop and seeing the whole thing be like this homogenous. Everything's the same. All these boards are. I mean, that's just a bummer. But it anyway, go. Bummer, but that's. But a, yes, Mark Price is a genius. To what we're talking about, the clothing. Yeah. But um. Anyway, so Mark was there and and talk about somebody that's gone the Patagonia Mall, never waved from his path. Yeah, that, that's one, and we'll talk about that on the next on the, one of the episodes. But and then Pat O'Connor was on this side. Anyway, they had these numbers that they had done, like some big research and thing that they pulled with like the amount of surfers. And uh, Mark was like looking back at the whole time, and there was probably like a hundred people in the crowd, maybe, and they bought tickets to come watch various retailers, and um, he was just like these numbers is no, before we start these numbers are way off there's not there's no chance in hell that there's that many people surfing like he's like i can do some quick math and tell you that yeah this is like and he did 20 he? times yeah and anyway he went in to say like this was back then this was geez three it was you know, early days of ga three years ago four years ago so it wasn't was it it wasn't it was maybe surfer was doing it at the time but anyway he went in to say like and there was all these mom and pop shops like um, retail owners in the crowd and he was like you, most of you guys will not survive the next five to ten years you know like no one could have expected that COVID-19 would happen right but it was going to be another recession and then it was going to rewrite the rules for surf and kind of retail in general and he called it out then he's like this is going to happen you guys won't be around so you're going to have to be crafty you're going to have to figure out how to do it uh, I mean I, I think that well, somebody... that's the trash guys bringing my trash back that's cool yeah it's good they do that, huh? Yeah, it's because because they think it's for the old lady next door. That's so cool. Yeah, because she can't take the trash down to the end of the road. 
That's awesome. Yeah. And I don't pay either. <laughs> I've never got a trash ball yet. <laughs> Busted. Yeah. So um, uh, now, see, this is like two dudes with ADD getting off topic. But, um, well, I mean, look, like, if, if I think if, if it scales back, that's fine, right? It's got to scale back. It's it got to go to this 2C model. And then surfers need to be more responsible in where they give their dollars. Yeah, like, that's right. Stop buying online. Like, yeah. yes, okay, the brands need the money, whatever. Go to the local surf store where you've grown up. It's your surf community thrives from surf stores. It's, it's my fondest memories of my childhood is in the surf store getting yelled at by the owner, getting a deal, my first sticker that I got for my board. You know, it put me on the path that set my life. Surf stores have, they hire the local groms. There's so much good about them. Frog House, we always talk about as an example. Like you go there, you get shit. It's like a rite of passage. Like, yeah. you know, and but then you might get a little deal on the side. So you come back again. And yeah. that, those are the guys we need to go back and support. So if you're going to buy a pair of board shorts, go to buy one, some from them. Because without the surf stores, you know, there will be, they'll, we'll still sell to Macy's and some shitty stores, which and Macy's is gone. Macy's is toast. Yeah. As yeah. I read this morning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or the Nordstrom. So they won't, sell the, they won't sell to Macy's. They ain't going to be selling to Nordstrom. Nordstrom so we broke. need the surf stores. Yeah. We need well, the surf we need stores. The, and we need them for a lot of other reasons too. Like, I mean, I just don't want to be in a world where I'm ordering wax online. No. And I, and I just think that's just it. Like, so check this out. You want to hear something cool? Yeah. So, and I'm interrupting getting off topic, but when I kind of parted ways with general mission, not part of way, I'm still partnering there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we stopped working day to day. I wanted to start with a couple of friends, one of them being Sam McIntosh, a brand called Please Send Wax. And it was basically a subscription online wax service because I never have wax and I'm one of those people. And then I, you know, the, the concept wasn't that we were going to make money on selling actual wax. It was going to be, it was kind of the birch box model where yeah. advertising it's around the leader. box, you know, and that kind yeah. of thing. And then we'd be able to track people's kind of movements, right? So mm -hmm. There was this there was this grand scheme to pull all your data and information, but and then sell it back to the brands. That was actually the truth. Um, but I can't, I knew that this thing couldn't happen without sex wax. And I'd, I'd spoken to the guys at Foo Wax. They said, "Cool, we'll get on board." And and it's pretty easy to knock up like a um, subscription based website now. So we're kind of on track there. I just needed to get sex wax. And I contact those guys after like kind of cough and introduce me to someone. And yeah. this person introduced me. Someone <laughs> yeah, was like, a telephone. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. fucking yeah. trekking, <laughs> trekking down an ant. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I eventually got there and the guy's just like, no. And I was like, what do you mean? No. Like, and then I was like, okay, I'll talk to Dane, Geordie. I'll give them like a percentage of this company just cause I can use their name. Yeah. And the idea was like, okay, like this is Geordie's perfect. You know, he uses blue sex wax and then yellow or, you know, green foo wax, you know, that's his, and then all these different surfers. And they were just like straight no. And I was like, but you sell on Amazon. They're like, yeah, we literally daily try to pull these guys down because the reason we will never go online and you can order some wax on their website, but it's a nightmare. I actually did it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is because they wanted people to go back to the surf stores. They, they keep it like that. So people go to the surf stores so, because you're going to buy a pair of wax. You leave with a pair of board shorts. So there's always been that whole support your local, right? And that, that's it. And that's and, what and they've done. That's been, and that's been something that kind of, I think it's like, I think before times like this, it's sort of like, it's kind of a cute idea, right? Oh, support your local. Okay, cool. That's, that's cool. And I think, you know, maybe, maybe if you talk to 300 people, they'll be like, the two of them will go, yeah, support your local, right? Now maybe is the time. And, and maybe because, because if the, if the answer to the question is, does the world need the surf industry? And if you answer that question, yes, because selfishly, because we need all this shit. We, you know, we are surfers and we want most of what the surf industry makes. Maybe not some of it, but a bunch of it. Um, if the answer is yes, you know, or whatever the, you know, however you identify the industry, I identify the industry being surfboard shapers, hard surfboard, like hard goods. So surfboards, fins, all that kind of stuff, you know, board bags that, you know, um, and 
wetsuits. And then the other rest of it is like, and, and then trunks, right? Those are, you need those. And maybe some flip-flops or shoes. But for the most part, you're, you're looking at, you know, a lot of the stuff that you don't kind of care about or need. Um, but you definitely need the, the retailer. You need the experience to be like, because it's a physical thing, right? Yeah. It's like, you, yeah, sure, you can buy clothes online and sometimes they fit, sometimes they don't. If they don't fit, you send them back, but whatever. But the experience of walking into a surf shop, shop especially one that maybe even has a repair, you might smell some resin, you know, you might be cooking yeah, off. You might smell like damp smell. Yeah, kids hanging wax, the yeah. Five new fiberglass, because there's all these boards and in there. And there's kids hanging out there and yeah. like, that's who you're looking at and you're like, you get nostalgic and go, fuck, I remember when I was a grom in the store or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, and there's always some old dude too. So it's like there's all there's this whole it's it's a place where we all kind of come together, and it's almost like our church, you know. And it's and it's what you know if if all the churches burned down, you know, it'd be it, there'd be a bunch of really sad you know Christians or whoever you're, you're out there that it would be a really hard thing for these for that religion to survive. Um, well, it probably because wouldn't you, survive whatever religion would because there'd be nowhere to congregate. That's so, right. There's nowhere for community industry, to happen. Right? So without the surf stores, there's no industry. Right. Regardless of they might not be their bread and butter, you know, they're making millions of dollars off these surf stores, but it's where they started and it's their core market. And if you ever lose track of that core, everything else becomes a wash. I agree. And, and I think, you know, and I don't think it's good. It doesn't look good for the retail. Like it really, I, you know, I, I, um, every day I, I think about Jeff at Rider Shack, you know, I think about like, the, I've been really thinking about him because he sent a really, there was a great note on, on their website and I'm sure everybody has this COVID note, right? Um, it's just, you know, you look, you know how hard he worked, you know, he's got a family, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and, and yeah. you know, he supports all the kids when, when Mason was little, you know, all the kids were sponsored, right? Every kid in Venice, it was Logan and Declan and, and, and Mason and freaking Noah and all the kids, like they all had Rider Shack stickers on their boards and they felt so special. And it was like, Jeff made that happen. Sure. You know, that's a big deal to me. And that's a bit, and it, and it should be, that's Rider Shack, but there's like, you know that that happens. The surf shops all over the country. No, there's two, three in each town. I yeah, Val surf the other day, first time because now we're living in the valley, and I was like blown away that it was still the way it is, and it was actually booming. And they told me they had had a great year, and because the locals had come back and supporting it, and had done their Christmas shopping with them. So I think you know if we're going to sign off, we're going to say go and support your local. Hey, you got a shaper that you like, and you're thinking about getting a new board. Send him 250 bucks a deposit now and get him to start making you a board or tell him or order it so he knows there's work on the other side of this. You know, if you've got a surf store or surf brand, go buy an O'Neill wetsuit. It's about as good as time as ever. You probably get some deals somewhere, which we're not encouraging, but there's an incentive to actually try to put some money back in that mom and pop shop yeah. or the local shaper or the future funds, the kind of the core brand that really does provide value and give you day-to-day enjoyment. I mean, and it doesn't take much, right? So, I and I think... Um, I mean, that's a, that is a great sign off. It's, it's, it's just like we, you know, on one hand, both of us have a real, we could, we are, fuck, we're critical, man. Like we, you know, we're, we, we are not, uh, the biggest advocates of some of these big surf brands and we don't think they're very creative. We don't think they've really, we don't think they're good brand people. We think they're bad at brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like straight up irresponsible with brand. And there's incredibly talented people there that can do it, but they're no, so governed but, and everyone's so afraid. Yeah. Because you know what's going. You might as well have taken crazy risks last year because this recession happened. <laughs> you yeah. Know, it was yeah. coming regardless. You know. So like yeah. you can't control what's going to happen. So they need to get back to that taking risks, um, doing things that add value. Putting the consumer first. That's where we started this. Yeah. You know, with the consumer putting them first. Going. Why? Why does? 
Damian Fanford or Chad White or Joe Schmo or Joe Exotic need this piece of product. Why does Joe Exotic need this hat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, and get and really design backwards. And that's back to the Cuomo Trump thing, you know, right. that, um, that we've said in the beginning was at least Cuomo saying, and I, I can't say his name with this accent. Hey, you but, said it right. Uh, but he's going, okay, we estimate it's going to be 3,000 deaths. It's going to be two months. And now we can work backwards. We can figure out how to plan accordingly. We can get back to our lives. Yeah. And that's what the industry is going to need to do, first and foremost. And before this even recession ends, is start acting like that. Like grown-ups. Like exactly. actual adult because, people. Like, yeah. And I enjoyed this article I read the other day with Eric Logan, maybe on Newsweek or somewhere. He talked about this is the one time where everyone actually is forced to stop. You know, you go. he says you go on these one week retreat and you back at work on the Monday, you know, you've had this amazing retreat and turn off, but you back at work on Monday. Yeah. You know, this is the one time where there's like six to eight months to really at least six months now with the long tail of this in the surf industry, um, to really reevaluate reposition and go. Yeah. You and, know? and be prepared once this whole thing is starts to equalize, yeah. you're ready to hit the starting blocks like, like with a full tank of gas, because, you know, if you just come back out of this, and, you know, and we're calling every one of those, you know, the, any one of the OC brands that, that's down there, um, sort of in that Costa Mesa zone, all of y'all need to really rethink your stuff, man, because you're not doing anything and you're not doing yourself any favors by, and, and I don't even mean the people that are like the creatives there, because most of those guys are, are pretty amazing, guys and girls. For sure. The, it's, it's the people that, trust are, that are, trust your stuff. Yeah, trust those people, trust your creative team, trust, trust your market, trust your junior marketing people. They have amazing ideas. These guys are probably going to get you out of this if you let them run. But if you sit there and like and do this thing that we, and this happens well, to us all the God, time, protecting the guardrails. You know, that's, that's right. What's happening? There's too much framework. You're providing. You're creating too much framework around these incredibly talented people. Who my buddy up quick? You know, like he's what he could do and the risks he could take and the way that he could reposition that brand be insane. Yeah. But you just get shut down. And yeah. after hitting your head against the wall for so long, eventually you just collect a check. Right. Exactly. And that's what's happened. Morale sucks. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, trust that. I think, oh, one last request that I have been getting uh, was people who want to do Ms. Rumors back. Not, yes, not let's do something. Cause too much headache. We're trying to get paid, not get, get fired. Um, but I do have one for you for this episode. And that's that I heard Apple or WSL is close to inking a big deal with Apple. I don't know what it heard. I don't Ooh. know what it looks like, but I heard they were pretty close. I know the delay of the tour caused a bit of a bit of a handbrake on it, but I also heard that they were testing products up with the wave pool. So I, I mean, maybe it's got something to do with watches in the surf, being able to have your scores. I mean, there's a lot of cool ways that they can do it. Yeah. Hopefully, it's a financial deal for them and not like the Samsung deal, which was like the optics, you know, to look like they have this huge partner to go and bring in more cash, which makes sense sometimes too. you do like yeah. most of the work that we take on yeah. <laughs> yeah. we'll do for free just to yeah. say we work with you no we operate at a high no margin. we we never do anything for free let <laughs> yeah. me make that very clear so if you are a brand and you want to help venmo ten thousand dollars to doomers rumors and that's your retainer thank you for tuning in to surf center your hosts are chad white and myself damien farrenford if you want to know more about our business it's called free radicals and our website is we're free radicals.com and uh, that's the same as our Instagram. So check us out. You can learn a bit more about what we do. And if you've got any questions, fire away in the comment section. You know, topics, questions, insights. We want to hear it all. Insults. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we actually want to yeah, bring it. Like, you got be, be critical because this, this is the first time out. And we want to make sure that we're uh, serving some sort of a need. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. And I uh, can't believe you guys made it this far. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.